This is the Pivotal Running Podcast, and you're listening to Greg Derbyshire, Chris Grunhagen, and Marty Wimblum. And we are three jackrabbits from two different countries who continue to follow running in the upper Midwest. And we want to discuss important topics, inspiring stories, and extraordinary performances in running. Welcome back to the Pivotal Running Podcast. Today, we have the privilege and honor to talk with Nikki Underwood McDaniel. Nikki ran track and cross country for the Black Hills State University Yellow Jackets from 1999 to 2003 and was a 10-time All-American, three individual, one cross country, an indoor 1,000-meter and an outdoor marathon, and seven relay teams. Nikki was also the national champion for the marathon in 2003, which was the first national champion ever in Black Hills State University history. Additionally, she was a high school, Brookings High School Bobcat. She had two all EESD cross country, 1994 and 1995, and an all-state performance in cross country in 1994. Nikki, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Nikki, uh, so tell us how this running journey started for you. Well, I have kind of a unique story. I think um, I'm going to give a lot of people who are watching today some hope uh, for sure. Um, But I do have a real special story. Um, Of course, I grew up with running in my household because my dad, uh, Scott Underwood, uh, coached at South Dakota State University. And so, of course, I grew up going to track and cross country meets. And I remember most of all, my dad would come home from the meets and he'd never have a voice because he yelled so loud for his team. And so we always knew when dad came home, he wouldn't have a voice. And so I was around running growing up and um, always loved to go and cheer on uh, his teams. I mean, even as a young girl, I remember them throwing the water, you know, over my dad's head when they won the national uh, championship. And I remember him running and then running after him with the big water. And, um, and so to have that growing up, you know, was, was super special because my dad was so passionate and still is to this day. I mean, he was at the, the cross country meet today, but he has such a, a passion for the sport of running, you know, cross country track, anything running. And so, um, you know, I ran a little bit Growing up, you know, I would jump in some 5Ks. We always went to Park Rapids, um, Minnesota, and I'd always run for their 4th of July. We always went there every 4th of July. I would do like some 5Ks and things like that um, just for fun. And I would run with my dad um, when dad could run. Now he can't run, of course, because of knees and stuff, but um, he would run with me. And and then he would bike with me um, when I ran. And so, but it really wasn't until... Um, middle school that I really got into running. So I actually went out kind of a funny story. I went out for basketball and I was on the C team for basketball. And then I had a really good meet and I actually got a three pointer. And so they moved me to the B team and then I had a bad meet and they moved me back to the C team. And so I realized maybe basketball wasn't my thing. And so then I decided, well, you know, my dad of course encouraged me to go out for cross country. And I knew right away, like the first day of practice that I loved running, that I loved running. In fact, um, I know one of the questions that um, you had written down was, you know, when did you start kind of setting goals? And I've always been real competitive. Um, And I remember even in elementary school, the physical fitness test, 
you know, I remember running and, and wanting to win and get the best time. And then I remember having the record in middle school for the most pull-ups. And I thought that was so awesome. And I wanted to break the record for the mile. And so, you know, I just always loved running, but didn't really, really, really get into it until I was in seventh grade. Um, I went out for cross country and then in eighth grade, they did move me up um, to high school. And so then I got to run on the, the Brookings Bobcat team. <laughs> Must've been quite cool having, you know, your dad, obviously such a well-known coaching figure in, in Brookings, especially in South Dakota. Um, what did you learn from watching him coach all these teams um, through the years? Oh, so much, so much I learned from my dad. And, and now as a businesswoman, I'm with Mary Kay, a sales instructor with Mary Kay. And I still share stories of what I learned from my dad, um, not just running wise, but, you know, my dad would, you know, um, he would stay at work late. He would go into his office till the wee hours of the night. And he was so passionate um, about recruiting. And I know he would, he would travel all around to actually meet with people. And I learned so much from my dad about listening, um, people skills. Um, I loved, love, love the way that my dad just would breathe belief into his athletes and I would watch it. And I watched so many of them go from, you know, average to great. Um, and I do believe that, you know, a lot of it is upon your leader. And, you know, when, when, when dad believed in them, then they started believing in themselves. Cause sometimes you don't believe in yourself until somebody else believes in you first. And so I watched that, you know, with my dad and, um, you know, excellence, you know, I've, I'm, I'm a woman of excellence. And I think it comes from watching my dad and my mom too, but my dad, you know, he always, they, they were always out and striving to, to, to win, you know, and I think everybody wants to be a part of a winning team. And, um, and so, so, so much, but uh, just his passion, his love for people, um, the way he, the way he talked to his athletes, um, just the belief that he had, you know, around the dinner table, he would always be talking about his athletes and how much potential and how much he believed in them. And I learned so much, especially now as a leader and in, in how important it is to breathe, breathe belief into others until they, they believe in themselves. Nice. Hey, Nikki, you, you talked a little bit about early running, and then you talked about going out for cross country, Brookings High School cross country or middle school cross country in seventh grade, and then moving up in eighth grade. Um, can you talk a little bit more about your running experiences as a Brookings Bobcat? Yeah, I mean, that's when I really fell in love with being a part of a team. You know, I mean, gosh, Annie Bezicek, I mean, just Jane, I mean, I could name my team um, and we still all stay connected and we're still all friends and we could probably pick up, um, you know, in a dime just right where we left off. But um, I, I, lo I love being a part of a team and I love the girls and I, I truly believe the running community is just something so, so special. And so, you know, I wasn't a a great athlete. In fact, when I read your, um, the accolades for me with my running, I'm like, oh, was I really all conference? Like, I don't remember being all conference. I remember being one away my fresh or my, um, I think it was my eighth grade year. I was one away from missing the medals. I think they medaled like 25 and I was 26 or so. Like I just missed it. I remember just being so, so heartbroken. And then I never, the next few years, I, I just, I, Never really ran real, real well. I think I was maybe 60th, 60 or 70th at the state meet my, 
my senior year, so never was in the 20s again, but um, never lost my love for, for running and just being a part of a team. And I mean, I loved our runs. I remember we used to run the day before we'd go and run to the SCSU ice cream place, you know, the dairy barn. And oh, the dairy barn. Just the laughs that we had. And, you know, but one thing that I, I can trace back even to when I was in, um, even high school is I was always somebody who would, I loved, I was like a dream for a coach because I love to run. And so I would run in the off season and I would get the girls, I would go knock on Jane's door, Michelle Hildreth. I would run to her house. She was two miles down the road. And I would say, Michelle, get your running clothes on. We're going for a run. And so I did, I was the one that kept them running in the summer because they didn't really want to a lot of them, but I was kind of the team captain in that. And I would always say, come on guys, let's get together and run. And so um, I kept everybody running. Cause like I said, I, I love just have always just love, I love to compete, but I love to just run. And so, um, so I loved being a part of the a Brookings Bobcat and uh, yeah, it, I had a great coach, a great team, um, loved running in Edgebrook and all of that. And yeah, I still have great memories to this day. Would, would Russell been, he would have had you when you first started, right? And yeah. was he all the way through or did Coach yes. Iverson take over at the tail? And then, Iverson, then I had Iverson too. Okay. Yeah. And I, I appreciate I appreciate the Strandies are fantastic. In fact, one of Russ's sons was our driver this morning on the way down oh. to Sioux Falls. So um, it's great to have that to continue. Um, love the picture that you dropped in that file for, for Marty. He shared that with us as well. Those, that some of those girls and, I don't know them all too well, but I know Becca Mansheim or Becca yeah. Forster is in there. She's easy to pick out uh, real quick. But I, um, I believe there's a maybe a, a cheddar in there or uh, um, yes, there was one. One, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Nikki, what did after running in high school for Brookings? What made you want to pursue running uh, in college? You know, this is really unique. In fact, I was talking to my dad about this on the phone and, and because I was really average, you know, uh, I would call myself average in high school, I was kind of reluctant and wasn't even really sure, um, you know, if I would run in college, I wanted to run in college, but I wasn't, you know, getting the scholarships and, and all of that. I mean, I looked at a couple of schools with my dad. I went to my, my dad was good friends with the Mount Marty coach. So I looked there and I went to think Creighton and look there. And of course, I, I always said I would run for my dad at SCSU, but he actually reached, you know, he was done. So um, I couldn't run for him. And so it, it just was, it was truly just such a blessing because I wanted to stay in the state um, so that I could still be close to my family, but yet away from my family. Um, and I really, and I still really wanted to run. And I remember Coach Walkinshaw asked my dad, and my dad still, or Coach Walkinshaw still shares the story. But he said, "So you know, tell me about Nikki." And my dad said, "Well, she's not really good, but she is awesome to have on a team, and she's a really hard worker." And that's exactly where I was at. I was great to have on a team. I was always positive. 
you know, um, I would show up, I would do what I needed to do. Uh, I was definitely a good team player, um, but just what, you know, wasn't super talented. And so, um, you know, my husband, by the, you know, he was a state champion runner for faith and, and he has all the natural ability in the world. But for me, you know, I, I had to work at it. And so, um, and so I was so blessed when coach Walkinshaw said, well, we would love to have her. We would love to have her. And I just went on that campus and I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with Coach Walkinshaw. I fell in love with the scenery. Um, you know, they showed, you know, they took me out to where they do their runs and it's so different than Brookings. And I remember just thinking, oh, this, this feels like home to me. You know, this feels like home to me. And I kind of was a homebody growing up. I, I mean, I wasn't the one that was doing a bunch of sleepovers. So my mom was kind of a little nervous about me going across the state, but thought at least oh, you're still in South Dakota. And then I never even wanted to go home for Christmas or anything. I, I, the, I just I became friends with my teammates and I just fell in love with, with um, the campus and with the university right away. But I, I wasn't sure, Marty, for sure, if I would be able to run or if anybody would have me or want me on their team. Um, but I figured, you know, I could at least walk on probably. And that's exactly what I did at Black Hill State is I was, I was the walk on, um, you know, and what a blessing. Um, I'm so grateful for Coach Walkinshaw and for um, just a great team. Yeah, I think uh, Black Hill State University is really happy you, you went there as well, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, two totally different sort of uh, countrysides, uh, landscapes, going from, uh, you know, no hills and around Brookings <laughs> to uh, a lot of hills around uh, Spearfish. What, what other big changes did you experience when you first uh, moved out there, Nikki? Was, you know, as you said, being someone that likes to stay close to home at Brookings. Well, it's funny. You guys are going to giggle at this because, you know, my dad but I was off at church camp and my dad filled out, there was a, a little questionnaire that came through and it asked about dorm. And there was one that you could check for the all girl dorm. And so my dad opened up the mail, checked the all girl dorm and he sent <laughs> back the sheet. And so I get to campus and we're doing the big welcome and my dad's there. And they said, y'all should have gotten a sheet that you filled out. And I looked at my dad, I said, I didn't get it. And he just smirked and I said, dad, you didn't. And he said, I did. <laughs> and so he filled it in and that was a blessing too. <laughs> I, was in the, I was in Humbert Hall, the all girl dorm. And it was, I mean, some of my best friends, you know, a couple of gals at my wedding came from, you know, my bridesmaids came from Humbert Hall. So, you know, it was definitely meant to be, but, um, but you know, it was, it's definitely a change, you know, academic wise, you know, more studying. I was, I mean, I was an okay student, but it definitely, you know, a lot more studying, um, you know, and then I was not used to morning practices, you know, I mean, we did a 6am morning practice every morning. Um, and that was brand new to me. Uh, never, never had been a real oh, morning yeah. person. So that was a uh, that was definitely a wake up call. Um, and so, you know, that first year, it is a lot of change, you know, because you're adapting to, of course, it was way more mileage than I'd ever done before. Um, you know, I knew right away when I started, you know, just to kind of give you a journey through is, I mean, I would come in, we had seven girls my freshman year on the team and I was always the seventh one. And so I was seventh. And so that was a blessing because we made it to, we won our conference and it was in Spearfish. And so we all got to go to nationals and I never would have had the experience 
to go to nationals. And I think I was like, two, I think coach said I was like 210th place. Like I beat, I think I beat 10 or 20 people was all at nationals, but I was just so grateful to be able to be a part of the team. And so it was, it was awesome. I mean, I fell in love with just our, my team. Um, and I, I just, like I said, I love the beauty and all the different running routes that we got to do, but I did not like that. I was number seven out of seven people. <laughs> and I really did, um, you know, have so many days where I was, I would feel a little bit discouraged. Um, I remember my dad would drive all the way across state, you know, to watch me. And here I am, you know, coming in almost dead last. And he was always so encouraging and just telling me, I mean, I was going to get better and just to keep my head up and that he was just so happy that I was out and, um, and boy, and, and really you guys, the difference between my freshman and the sophomore year, um, was everything because I remember, um, I share this story all the time, but I remember sitting at, at breakfast with my family and we were talking and my, you know, my mom said, so, you know, asking about my plans for my sophomore year. And I said, you know what? I said, I got two choices. I'm either going to quit and just work on my studies, or I'm going to go back to BH my sophomore year. And I am no longer going to be the, the last runner on the team. And I said, and you know, I'm not a quitter. So I said, I'm going to do the latter. And I, it, you guys, it really was, it was a decision that I made that day. And I truly, I truly believe I just made that decision. And then I, I went into to action. I started lifting weights. I started eating better. Um, I lost 20 pounds over the summer and I'm not a very big person. And, but that made a huge difference for me. Um, Cause I was carrying around some extra weight that I didn't need. And I, I never forget, I came back my sophomore year and my coach looked twice and he goes, who's the new girl on the team? And then he looked at me, he goes, it's Nikki. He didn't even recognize my team and <laughs> he didn't even recognize me. And that very first practice I can share you guys, it was a track workout one of the first workouts. And before I was always, you know, in the last group and coach said, he saw me do, it was like, we were doing thousand intervals and I did my first thousand and I was like up with the leading pack and coach looked at me and says, you are a whole different runner. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be better this year. And so I went, I did 200, I got 200 and some place, whatever, 220th, I think. And then the next year, I believe I was right around 80th, um, my sophomore year, maybe 70th. And then just each year, and then I think I was 50 something, 30 something. Uh, anyways, and then I, and then my senior year, uh, cross country, uh, I got eighth place. Uh, and I, that was awesome. a dream come true, top 10. Um, my teammate got second and was the first American to finish. And I was right behind her and we had a really great team almost won it that year. And, um, and so boy, the progression, it, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it sure was fun, um, to, to just come back every single year and, um, get better because it was not fun being the last person on the team. And yeah, so to go from the last to then, you know, my senior year, you know, winning nationals and, and all of that was just uh, a game, a game changer. My dad was really smart and I was in that funk, you know, that freshman year, like, oh my gosh, am I going to come back and run again? And he brought me to the national meet. Um, we had some athletes that my dad actually, um, the only way they could go is if my dad took them. Um, and so my dad took a few athletes that had made it, provisionally made it into the the, um, the national meet, one of them being Mike, my husband and dad said, I'll, I'll take them. I'll take them to the national meet. 
And that, that really did change my life because I sat there and I watched the, the marathon, you know, and I watched the, the ladies come up, you know, on the podium. And I looked at my dad, I said, dad, someday that's, that's going to be me. And my dad said, I know it is. And I said, I'm going to come back and, and be on that podium someday. And, um, and I, I did, I, I really did dream of, I I I remember exactly what the gal looked like who won the marathon. And I thought, because I, I knew that I was good the longer the distance, you know, and so I, I'm my, I can handle a lot of miles and I've got uh, strong bones, I guess, to do that. And so I never got injured, you know, praise God throughout college. And so I just had this feeling that I was going to come back and I didn't know I was going to win, but I thought I would be on the podium for the marathon. But my dad was super smart to take me to that meet that day because that really is what what got in my mind. And then I visualized that moment, you know, in the the years going up to it to um to someday be an all-American on the on the on the marathon team. Nikki, that's so inspiring. Thank you so much. You talk about, you know, that pivotal moment. Seriously, like you just described yours that uh really uh set forth uh yeah, a huge fire uh for you. That's awesome. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. You know, sometimes, um, you know, you got to get some fire to in you to really get you motivated. And, and I could just feel the difference when I came back. I, did, I didn't even feel like the same, the same runner, you know, and I was blessed with coach Walkinshaw because he knew, he knew what my strengths were as an athlete. And he knew that I, I actually did better on higher mileage. And so he would let me run higher, you know, higher mileage and let the other girls come in. And, um, and he did pour that belief into me, you know, leading up to that marathon, you know, he said, Nikki, I remember at practice one day, he said, Nikki, um, I really think you could be our first national champion. And I, and I, I believed him, you know, in three, four years, three, four years before that, there's no way I would have laughed at him, but I believed him, but the confidence it, it came, you know, as I grew older. And I think sometimes, you know, you see people, you know, and even in high school where they're really, really good in high school and then they either stagnate or sometimes they even get slower. And so I like to be the, the voice to say that you can continue to get better. And I truly believe work ethic was everything because, you know, on the starting line of the marathon, I will never forget the moment because I stood there and I looked around and I remember thinking to myself, I may not be the most talented runner that's on this starting line today, but I know that I have worked the hardest. I put the most miles in and, um, and I knew in my mind that I, that I could win. And I think that's so important. I learned so much of that from, you know, from my dad and from my mom, you know, um, about your, your mind is so powerful and what you tell yourself and especially the marathon, it's so mental, you know? And so I just remember standing at that starting line thinking, thinking this is my shot. This is my shot because I actually did a 10,000 marathon double. So I ran the 10,000 on Thursday night and I actually had the worst race um, of my, I actually, my time that I had run would have won the the, the 10,000. And I went in thinking I had a chance to win that. And I just, my legs just didn't have it in me that day. Um, but I'm so grateful that I, I'm, I've always um, learned good bounce back ability <laughs> from my mom and my dad. And so I remember having a little moment underneath the bleachers and my dad and mom came under there and they're like, Nikki, it's Saturday's a new day. Saturday's a new day. And I shook it off and I went to the starting line even more determined um, to win because I did have a bad 10,000 
meters. It was hard to see the winning time because it'd be the time that I actually ran at Drake that year. And I, that would have been the year that I, you know, for the double, but it was, it was, it wasn't to be that day, but I came back with a vengeance um, in that marathon. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to win this. And my dad gave me some really good advice the, the night before we were eating Olive Garden. And he said, the marathon starts at 20 because it was my first marathon. And so he, and when he said that, I'm like, what do you mean it starts at 20? He's like, it starts mile 20, you know, cause that's when you got to dig deep. And he said, there's going to be times when you're going to feel really good. And then it's going to hit you like a snap of a finger. And all of a sudden you can go from feeling really good to really bad. And I was, and he prepared me mentally to what I was, uh, you know, going to prepare. And so I thought about that when I, cause I was feeling good. And I remember one mile, just, you know, you know how it is, Marty, you can relate to this. It's like, you can go from feeling great to what happened. I was feeling so good three minutes ago. Um, but I had that in my mind, the race starts at 20, the race starts with, because I was running with another gal from Mary until about 20. And then I really broke away, um, from her, those last six miles, but I just kept telling myself and I kept doing my positive affirmations, you know, I am a national champion and I was so determined because we hadn't had a national champion yet at Black Hill State and um, I wanted to be the first. So that that race was so memorable. In fact, Marty, those pictures that I sent you, so many of them, you can see my dad, you know, on the sideline cheering me on. Um, and it was just such a big moment for our university, but most importantly for myself, because I dreamt of that moment since my freshman year, remember, <laughs> 200 and some at nationals. And um, when I said that I was gonna be back at the podium, most people would have laughed, but my dad, he knew that I, that I, I could come back and, and, and be a national champion someday. So, so grateful for the coaches and for my dad and, um, and just for all the people that poured belief into me because I needed it too. It's a great story. You had been talking about um, the trips with your dad and you, you went to that national championship with him. Um, but you also had the opportunity to travel to Sydney in 2000 for the Olympic Games and um, would love to hear kind of your experiences on that trip. Uh, maybe some things that you learned or, or how um, that opportunity impacted your perspective on running. Yeah, what a blessing. I mean, what a blessing to be able to. I'll never forget when my mom called and said, do you want to go with dad to Sydney, Australia? And I didn't even have to, you know, even think about it. I said, oh my gosh, absolutely. Would I love to? And I mean, I love all things. I was a gymnast. My daughter's a gymnast. Um, so I was a gymnast as well. Um, and so my dad's like, we can get into gymnastics too. And so we got to go to gymnastics on um, track. Oh my goodness. We got the best seats. We literally were um, like second row seats for the track and oh my goodness to watch those distance runners you don't realize how tiny and small they are and because you know when you see them on tv and how fast they are until you actually get there and um to get such great seats i mean like i said right up front and i mean and just to be in that atmosphere i mean australia just everybody's just so friendly and they were just um so accommodating and there just everything about that whole Olympic experience was just like a dream, you know, to be able to go out for jogs, you know, I would, I would leave and go for, for runs. And I remember that with that stuff that was, um, gosh, what year, what, what year was the Sydney Olympics? I'm trying to think, was that two or 2000? 2000. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 2000. So I, that was, you know, in that time when I was really getting more committed 
um, to my running. And I remember even my dad was like, wow, I'm impressed. Like you're not eating, you know, you're not eating a hamburger. You know, I was making better food choices and going out for my run um, every day. But, um, but just the whole experience. So we got to watch Rod um, run. And so that was a dream come true. I mean, somebody that my dad had coached to then turn around who made the Olympics and to be able to watch him and cheer him on. And even though he had a stomach issues and it wasn't his best race, I mean, hello, he was in the Olympics. I mean, how many people, you know, that percentage of people that will ever make it to the Olympics and to have it be somebody that my dad coached and I've always looked up to Rod and and, um, and just to be there to experience that and running around with my dad, you know, hitting up all the miles and, you know, we had, we were tracking him and we had his wife with us and, um, it was just such, such an incredible experience. Uh, I mean, anytime that you can get in front and be in person, um, and see the, this, this new level of just amazingness, you know, I mean, you see it on TV, but when you're there and you get to see the runners right in front of you and you can literally like try to run next to them and see how fast they're really going. Um, I was just so, it, it definitely inspired me. Um, I was already inspired and it inspired me to a new level um, just to see those um, just women and men um, just out there and, and knowing what it takes to be a good athlete and knowing that that's even the next level and just the sacrifices and just everything that I know it takes to um, and the things that you give up, you know, in order to make that dream a reality and then to be able to sit there um, and watch it was pretty, pretty amazing. And I got my picture with some of the, with the Ham brothers and they were like shorter than me and I'm five two, you know, they were like to hear and I have a picture with them and, you know, pictures with Rod and, um, and just never been to Australia before. And we stayed for 10 days. So um, I, or almost two weeks, we might've even been 12 days, but um, I remember coming back and being really jet legged and then having to turn around and go to practice. But coach I knew was not disappointed that he knew that I would only be inspired um, by being there. But that was, that was definitely a gift to be able to go. And then just to have that special time with my dad was, was pretty awesome. That's so cool to, yeah, have the special moments traveling together and just, uh, yeah, making those memories. Very cool. So do you want to talk about uh, your 2003 Marathon National Championship and then also maybe some of the key or pivotal races that kind of led up to that too? You talked about running a really fast 10K um, at Howard Wood, right? Being able to compete uh, there before going into the National Championship. Take us through that. Yeah, that my whole senior year was, uh, and it was coming off of, you know, a high of top 10 at nationals and um, all Amer- my first all American, um, you know, cross country honors. I was, I was, you know, blessed to be in a lot of relays. Um, but my senior year was really, like I said, my breakthrough year. I did, um, I, I, I did the 10,000 at the um, Drake realized, and I had never got to run at Drake. And I, that's where I broke the, the school record. Um, there I ran like 3704, um, which was the school record. And that was, that was huge for me. Cause that was a big goal of mine. I looked up to Lisa Bomagin. She was our number one runner when I was number seven. And, um, you know, she, I shocked the heck out of her cause she never thought I'd be contending for her 10,000 years later. Um, you know, cause she only saw me my freshman year. And so that was a huge breakthrough moment. And then I went to Howard Wood and I broke the, 
Um, I ran 441 in the 1500, which was um, a PR for me. Um, broke the school record in the 15, which then got beat, I think, a couple weeks later. But it's still, that was a, a big win. And then to come back, and I ran 1010 in the 3000. And that was when I ran against Molly Weedle. And um, I'd always looked up to her as a runner from uh, USD. And so being able to run with her and let alone, and then I, I remember passing her on that home stretch and boy, did that give me, give me confidence that I thought, man, I can. And then I ran against her in uh, Mount Marty again. And, and uh, I can't remember, but we were, we were neck and neck at Mount Marty when we ran against each other. So just, you know, really just the confidence builders of all of that. And then at at the conference meet, um, I ran the 800, the 15, uh, and the 5,000. So coach had me and everything because we were going to, to win it. And, um, and I felt great. I mean, I ran, uh, you know, a great 800 and I ran a great 1500 and I ran a really good 5,000. And I thought, man, if I can do all three of those in one day and still feel this good. I mean, I was just really on a, on a high, you know, from, from that. So that, that whole, my whole senior year was just a lot of PRs for me and just a lot of um, breakthroughs for me for sure. And so, but my biggest breakthrough was the half marathon. So I went out and ran the half marathon because we had one shot um, to run the half marathon. And I, I broke the school record. Um, I want to say, I think I was like 122 or 123 was my, and my husband actually paced me through it. He ran for BH2, so he he paced me through. And um, and that was a huge, that was faster than I'd ever imagined I could run a half marathon. And so that too, I thought, okay, if I can run that, you know, I could probably run maybe around a three hour-ish marathon. Um, and so those were kind of the pivotal races that I can remember leading up to the marathon. And then Coming in, you know, um, I mean, they only go by half marathon times, but I knew that I had the fastest half marathon time because you, you know, we got the rankings and I'd go on and look. And so, but that didn't mean anything. I also knew there was some really good marathoners in the, you know, I'm going to be at the starting line. Um, but like I said, I was um, definitely full of grit and um, determination and had visualized that moment and and done everything right, you know, leading up to it. And so um, that was a very um, memorable, I mean, you asked what a memorable race was. My, my most memorable would be the Chicago Marathon. And I'll talk about that too. But, um, but, that, but winning that national championship team or winning the marathon and then having my coach uh, come running up to me and give me the biggest hug and saying, I told you, you could, you could do this. And, and just um, seeing it come, because you dream about it and then to see it come into fruition. And, and most importantly, I wanted to do it to show others that it was possible. And then after me, many others did it after me. And my, I mean, my marathon record, I think, got beat right afterwards. We had another marathon national champion. But, you know, to be the first, I just knew that that would give others, like if Nikki couldn't go from 200th place at cross country her freshman year all the way to eighth and then be able to win the, the marathon um, you know, that I wanted to give others, um, hope that they, they could too. And that anything is possible if you're willing to work hard and, and if you just love running, and I know there's people who are watching and, and, you know, even you might think, gosh, that's, that's fast or that's, you know, and I would, I thought that too, you know, I would watch these other runners and think I could never be like them, but you know, it just takes that, it just takes that perseverance, that determination and getting those miles in and 
running against the wind. And I remember calling my coach and saying, Hey, take me out to Belfouche. It was a really windy day. And I said, and I'll run back. And he said, but it's all against the wind. I said, it'll be good for me. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> dropping off in Belfouche and I ran in that nice. so good for my, I did it for my mind because I knew that I needed that mental toughness. If I was going to be good, be able to win the marathon. And, and that I, I came back and my coach was like, you cruise that. And I was like, I needed to do it for my own mental toughness. And so, um, you know, so I, I hope that that gives people, people hope because, you know, I think I ran, I want to say my fastest high school time, you know, not real fast in the mile, 550-ish, I want to say, ish is what I ran in the mile. And so when I ran the Chicago Marathon and I went into the Chicago Marathon, uh, you know, knowing that I had just ran, you know, 304 or whatever to win nationals. And so I literally got with, there's a picture that I sent Marty and I was standing next to the three hours because that's who I felt like my goal that day was to break three hours. And that was my big goal. And so I was, I'll never forget you guys. I was running along and I caught up to the 250 group and at that time 248 was olympic trials and i thought what am i doing what am i doing i was doing good i was feeling really good and i caught up and i ran with them and i ran with the 250 group and then until the last two miles and the last two miles i burned out a little bit and i ended up running you i mean i never in a million years ever would have imagined running a two hour and 53 i was the youngest first finisher at the Chicago Marathon, I was like, it was a, it was like an Olympic year-ish, I think. So not a lot of the elites were there, I don't think. But I mean, I was like top 10 or 15 for, or top 20, I think, for women. Um, I mean, this just all just blew my mind. And I remember looking at my dad and, and I'm like, you know, like, what am I doing? I'm like, my pace, I'm cruising, but I just felt good. And I just had that flow and that rhythm going. And I was just clicking off miles. I remember I, I clicked off a mile under six minute pace. And I thought, I, this, I couldn't even run that pace in one mile in high school. And, um, and so to finish, I mean, that was 636 pace and I barely ran much faster than a mile that fast. And so, you know, that just shows you the difference between, you know, that's those, just those years of putting in the mileage and, and, and just building my confidence and building my belief system. And, and, um, one thing that I do, I do credit my successes. I got, I did an internship in DC. And so I got involved in a running group there and kind of funny story. Cause I went my first day, there was two very, very good runners from, I don't know who they were, but they left me in the dust that first day. I mean, like, I thought we were going to just, it was going to be like this friendly running club. And I'll never forget. Like they, she just said a couple kind of not so nice things to me and acted like I was slowing down the pace. And so I said, I'm not going back to run with these girls because they were like hardcore. And so then I got involved with a different running group, which was a lot of recreational runners. And I met some of the most amazing friends that I'm still friends with today. It was the Washington Running Club. And so every Sunday we did a long run together and I would, it was slow for me, but it was good for me because I could run with them and get my long runs in and we built all the way up to 20. And then I could turn around two days later and just, you know, do thousand dollar, thousand meter repeats on the track. Cause I was in DC and I had some free time. I worked a lot of evenings as 
an intern. And so um, I never forget texting my coach my thousand repeats. And he's like, holy cow, Nikki. Like that's when I knew I was probably three hour or under shape, but I was so appreciative. And then the best part was when I finished the Chicago marathon, I beat the girls that, that kicked my butt and gave me a hard time. Like I was like, Oh, here's this three hour runner. And I ended up, they, they broke three hours, but I was a good, like five, six minutes in front of them. I would never know that. But my friend Erica called me up afterwards. She was Nikki, you know, those girls that were mean to you. And I said, yeah, you beat both of them. I'm like, like their job was to try to just run as fast as they could to get rid of this new girl. And they did, I never went back. Um, but I came back and ran that 253 and, and, um, and that, that was, um, that was a moment I'll never forget is coming across the line and seeing, I mean, I just get the chills thinking about it today. I mean, I was, I was dreaming that I could see 259. I never imagined that I'd be able to see something like it's, you know, the low 250, marathon um and to stay on track for a 250 you know till the last two miles was was pretty awesome it was a day I just felt great the whole way and felt like I was like on I had wings you know and it's just one of those great racing moments that I'll never forget because now I've run many since then that haven't felt so so easy (laughs) so that was just seamless and and wonderful. And of course, coming right out of college, it, it helped because I was still doing workouts and stuff. But that was my that was my most memorable race outside of winning the, the national championship for BH. Fantastic, Nikki. Um, and I, revenge is good as well. I, I always like that. I mean, you um, can beat people, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, did you have a particular season that you looked forward to more than others? You know, like um, sometimes, you know, I, I know maybe I didn't look forward to cross country quite as much, but then, you know, when indoor track came around, I quite enjoyed that. Um, did you have a particular, you know, discipline or season that you thought, oh, this is going to be good? Um, looking forward to this? You know, I, I think I loved, I really did love, I loved cross country. Um, and I think it was just so fun because it's, it's a measurable you know, where I could really see such a dramatic improvement every year, you know, because we made it to nationals. And so that was, that was great. And I liked the challenge of the hills. And we always ran at Kenosha, Wisconsin. And there was always that big, big hill. And as we had an advantage running out in the hills, so that hill was like, they had nothing on us, you know. Um, So I liked cross country. But I think as I, by my senior year, I I really fell in love with the the track. I mean, I love the 10,000. I love the 5,000. I loved, but I also love mid distance. I, I love jumping in and doing a 15 or an eight or an 800. Um, I, I had some mid distance speed, not, not big time speed, but I had some, but I think that those races helped me, you know, with those longer distances, coach was smart to throw me. He even threw me in a few 400s just to help me to, to get, get some speed going and just kind of use it as a workout. So no, I loved both. I, it's hard for me to pick one or the other because there's things I loved about cross country and I just love the smallness and the intimacy of the team. Whereas track, there's so many girls and I, and just, um, we just did a reunion with one of my girls, one of the girls that Lisa Bamajin, the one that I was telling you about who was our number one girl my freshman year. She was a senior when I was a freshman. She put together a reunion and we all just got together this last summer. Um, our whole team, the, the, the team that won conference, um, we all got together and we 
we just reminisced um, old times. It was just so fun because I think what you're just had, you just had that special bond that even as you grow older and now we're, you know, we've got kids and we all now have kids running and, and all of that, but to get together. And, and we just talked about how we're so grateful for cross country because we just, we, we have, we're friends forever. We're friends for life. And same with those BH, you know, Brookings high school girls, we're always going to be friends for life. So there's something really special about this, the, the smallness of the team in cross country for sure. I was gonna, just going to kind of, as we continued about so many different races that you had run and, and uh, how all of those races and the experiences that you've gained from them, uh, what kind of advice you would have um, for those running and pursuing excellence kind of in their own, their own running or their own path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think like I mentioned earlier, I think honestly, um, just getting up every day and just getting out there, whether you feel good or you don't, you know, I think so many people wait till they're motivated and you can't wait till you're motivated. You just, it's just, you know, just getting out there day in and day out, whether you feel great or you don't. I mean, when the days you don't feel good, it helps you with your mental toughness. The day you feel good, great, but either way, um, you know, it's, it's still helping, but just, just to know that like with running is, I think it's so special because I think I I've helped a lot of my friends go from like couch to running decent half marathons, marathons. It's just, it's just a willingness to, if you, if you love running, which a lot of people do, um, if you just get up every day and you just, um, just so grateful that we, that we're healthy, that we can run and that we get to, not that you have to, but that you get to, I think there's a different mentality, um, get to and have to, and to everything for me is a get to, cause I think it's a blessing and just know that, um, just getting out there, just putting in the mileage, um, and getting in the races and just knowing that, um, you know, that you could be a whole different runner a year from now, but you just got to keep getting out there, just keep, keep going. And I, I truly believe, you know, just surrounding yourself with, with other people who know the sport and who can help you and, and who can pour belief into you because now I've helped a lot of my friends and I'm that, you know, believe you're going to do great. You know, you can do this. And, and, um, and then it's not always about going out there with your clock and don't be, don't be so tied down to your splits and just go out there and just run how you feel. Um, and I know one of the questions that you asked me is if I could run with anybody, you know, for two hours and I would definitely say Molly Siegel. I mean, the bronze medalist from right now, I've listened to so many interviews with her and I mean, and I, and I follow her on social media and what makes her so unique and so special is that she reminds me so much of myself because she just loves to run. She's like, I don't, I don't, some people run like my husband runs cause he has to have a meet or he has to have a competition to run for. I don't need a comp. I run because I love to run. And she said the same thing. I run because I just love to run. And, you know, here she was her third marathon ever. And she's up there leading it, looking around with the world champion. I mean, all these runners that she's looked up to, and even at the Olympic trials, she said, I looked around and I thought, I'm, you know, there's 220 marathoners, there's Des Linger. I mean, there's all of these women that I've, she had looked up to, but yet she went out there and she didn't overthink it. And I think that's another thing with running is, is like, she could have went out there on the Olympics and thought, oh, I have no business being running with these girls. This is only my third marathon, you know, and all of this, but she just went in like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fight for it. And she is so mentally 
tough. And I love her interviews where she talks about her, she talks about her pain threshold and how she's just learned to increase that. And she, she says too, that's why I'm just good as just me. She said, I may never break 220, but she says, I, I can go out there and I can hang tough even when I hurt because I've trained my body and I've trained my mind. And it's just the same thing that I tell my consultants in Mary Kay. It's like, don't ask somebody necessarily about their workouts. If it was for running, ask them how they think. You know what I mean? Because thinking is, and I listen to her and how she thinks. And that's what I, that's what I love about her. Just the way she thinks. And so I would love to do a two hour run with her uh, and just learn more about just, just her thought process and just what she was telling herself through that marathon, because I just remember reading, you know, reading an article where she looked around and she was like, they're thinking, who the heck is this girl? You know, they didn't even know who she was, her name. She wasn't even somebody that anybody even knew of. And here, I mean, she was a great college runner. And I think she's like a 10 time state champion or something she said in high school. So she'd always been a good runner, but she had a lot of injuries and a lot of setbacks. And yet she's just kept going. And she's somebody who will say, she says, I did better. I would get injured. And I struggled with, she wanted to make the 10,000. She was hoping to do the 10,000 at the Olympics, but she ended up in the marathon because what she found is that she wasn't getting injured. She said, it's weird, but I actually did better with higher mileage, less intensity. And that's how I was. Cause whenever the coach would have me start doing more intense things, it's like, like my hamstring would start bothering me or whatever. I am somebody who does well with the longer distance. And so I can relate to her because I can do miles. I mean, I still run 70. I saw, I ran 70 miles. I'm at 60 miles this week. So I mean, I still run 60, right. 70 miles a week, even today. Um, and I'm so grateful that I can do that, but I love mileage and I just love to run and she's the same way. So, um, but that's what I would say is just keep getting out there. Don't give up, you know, just know that um, running is something that you will be rewarded. And some races are going to feel better than others. But if you just keep getting out there and never give up, um, you will see improvements uh, for sure. And you could be another Nikki McDaniel story for sure. That's so inspiring, Nikki. Can you talk about your experience and how uh, running has really helped you in your small, uh, in, in being a business owner and an entrepreneur and, and certainly in the Mary Kay, Mary Kay business community? Yeah. For sure. You know, I'm so grateful. My unit name is the Marathoners um, and it just fits us perfectly for, for running. And I use a lot of running analogies and running stories. And, um, you know, I was blessed because my mom was a very successful businesswoman. And then, and then my dad was such a great coach and people person and belief uh, builder and, you know, all of that. And, and I love so much because my dad could always see, you know, he, he, he could talk to somebody for like 10 or 20 minutes. And even in my unit, you know, my dad will come up and he could talk to one of my consultants for 10 or 20 minutes. And he'd say, do you, do you like, and he would, he would observe things about her that I'm like, oh my goodness, I talk to her every day. And I never picked up on that. But my dad just has that. He's, he just has that inkling about people. He's so good with them. I'm like, that's what made you such a good coach dad is, you know, is that he knows how to kind of dig deep and ask the right questions and really find out what motivates people and, and then how to get them from where they are to where they want to be, you know, and that's so much of what it is. And in, in, in my business is I, I remember thinking maybe I wanted to be a coach and it's so great because I get to, I get to coach, 
in a different way. You know, I coach my consultants, but it's, you know, when you run your own business, it's all built on. And I mean, it's built on self-discipline. I mean, you don't, you're not clocking in, you don't have a boss, you, you know, um, it's, it's really built on a lot of grit, a lot of determination, um, all the things that, that made me a good runner. You know, it's the getting up at and running when you don't really feel like it. And it's for us, you know, it's making the phone calls and we don't feel like it. And it's, you know, sometimes you put in a lot of effort and you don't see the results for 30 or 60 days, you know, and same thing with running. You can put in a lot of miles and you might have a bad meet and bounce back ability. You know, I mean, I learned so much of that from running, you know, you go from a, you have a bad race and then you turn around and, and then you could have a really good race and it could change like that. But if you mentally are out of it, then you're out of it. And so it's the same thing with the, with a small business and with Mary Kay is it's, um, you know, you, you have disappointments and people are going to let you down and, you know, you're going to sometimes feel like, is this worth it? And it, but it really always goes back to, you know, having a big why. And I talk a lot about visualization. I talk a lot about affirmations and that's the same as what I did in running. And so, I mean, so many, I mean, I go on and on, but so many similarities and just like my dad, how he would pour and my coach, how he would pour belief into me. Now I get to do that with my consultants because sometimes they don't, they don't know how good they could be. And they don't, they don't, they don't, they can't see how they can get from where they are to where they want to be. And I can see it first for them. And, and so many women don't get to hear how great they are. And they're just, they, they just, you know, they're always tearing themselves down. And so I love just being that positive you know, person that's there for them to just tell them, Hey, here's what I love about you, you know, and writing handwritten notes and affirming, you know, my dad and my mom were always so good at that. But I think affirmations are so powerful because your mind eventually starts to believe them, you know? And so, you know, just saying those things. So affirmations are big with my business too, you know? And so there's just, there's so many similarities and we sold two couple years ago. My team was the first team in South Dakota to sell million dollars. And that was our big goal was to be the first million dollar team in South Dakota. And it took the same thing as it takes with a running team. You know what I mean? Everybody had to find a place to win because there's a lot of people who are very part-time and I wanted to make everybody know that they were a part of a winning team where they did a little bit or they did a lot. And it's the same thing with our cross country teams. You know, sometimes that fourth and fifth runner can be, they can make or break the team. Sometimes they don't know how important they are. And so, um, you know, just because you're not the best doesn't mean you're not making a difference. And so, you know, that was so fun too. It was really, a, a, our, I couldn't do it alone. I couldn't sell a million dollars on my own. So it was all of us coming together. And it, and it really was a lot of my running background where not to give up and to keep getting up every day and you just keep hitting the dirt running. And some days you see great results, some day you don't, but you just don't give up hope and you just keep, you just keep being positive and setting goals and reaching goals, you know, and small baby goals to get you to the big goals, you know, all those things that we teach and running, you know, is the same in my business. So I'm, I'm so grateful. I wouldn't be the leader that I am today um, for my people if it wasn't for my running, my running background. And also for my dad that I learned so much um, about leadership and, and being a good coach and being um, just an amazing, passionate um, guy because he's passionate and people say I'm passionate about two things, running and Mary Kay. Those are the two things that you could, I could talk all day about because they're two things that I just, I just love. Um, and I love most importantly, it's not the cars and the money and all that. It's a, it's a blessing, but I love to watch my consultants grow just like I grew as a runner to see them come in and be kind of shy and 
to watch them build their confidence and become better moms and wives and all of that, you know, cause I truly believe a confident mom can, you know, can, will, will then breed confident children. And my mom was very confident and I'm confident and I see it in my kids now as a third generation. And it's just, it's just a really special thing to be able to help women with life skills that'll make them better, you know, um, moms, wives, teachers, nurses, all of that. So it's, it's such a great um, company to be a part of for sure. You're making history in South Dakota. I mean, first marathon national champion, and then right in the, in the business world too, right? First team to, to make a million dollars. I mean, that's just collectively really, really impressive. And I just can't thank you enough for sharing that with certainly our viewers today. Well, my hope and prayer is that I, yeah, that I gave y'all hope and that, you know, that any, I truly, you know, anything is possible. I think I tell my consultants all the time, work ethic over talent. You know what I mean? Like people can be really talented and they can be really naturally gifted, but if they're not, you know, but if you're a hard worker and willing to just get out there and put the miles in, that's what's so great about Mary Kay is you can get a training program. And if you just go by the training program, you're going to get better and you're going to get faster and you're going to be able to see the, the clock go down. And, and I, I just think that's been uh, the greatest gift that I, that I have is that I'm willing to work hard and um, maybe harder than others, but it has made me successful in both business and, and running because I, like, I wasn't the one to go out and just, I couldn't just put on shoes and win a race, you know, like some people could do, like, I really had to work at it and put the miles in, but you know, if you're willing to do it and, um, anything, anything is possible. And, um, and, and, and all of you who are watching say, I just want to share that you too, um, those big dreams that you have, you know, for your marathon running or your high school or college, you know, don't give up on them. If you don't see them right away, just, just keep going and, um, and, and you can do it too. You know, uh, have you ever made a trip out to New Zealand at all? No. Okay. <laughs> in New Zealand, I'm waiting for that to be one of the top director trips because we do travel and um, that would be pretty cool to get to go there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's a nice place. So yeah, come, always welcome down here. Yeah, <laughs> my, dad talk, my dad still talks about you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know, is it a good or bad thing? <laughs> 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 um yeah i was gonna actually ask uh we might run out of time though i was gonna just ask if you could um uh recommend like one one run to take someone on like your favorite your favorite route uh what would that be it could be in brookings could be in oh, city in the hills route oh that is you know right now i was i was actually telling marty this i love running on our mickelson trail right oh, yeah, out yeah. in the hills because you don't it's not pavement it is so beautiful there you can hear the stream you can hear the birds chirping it is it's not overpopulated with people like when i ran in dc there's people everywhere you're constantly i'm coming on your left coming on your you don't deal with that on the mickelson trail it's just you there's been times when it's been me and me only on that trail and i did a lot of my i've done a lot of my marathon training on that mickelson trail and I, I love it. You can start anywhere and end anywhere and you're going to get a great view and you've got some uphill, you've got half of it uphill and half of it downhill. So, you know, you get a little bit of both and um, it's if right now is probably one of my favorite places to run and it's close, you know, close to here. So, but I've, I've ran everywhere. I, you know what, I ran in Argentina and that was one yeah. of my 
that was pretty cool. Every time I go on Top Tracker trip, I tell my Mike, we're going to go run and we're in, it doesn't matter where we are. I like to, I love to see the city um, and you can see so much on foot. So it's cool to be able to run. And I love running because all you need is shoes, you know, so you can do it anywhere. <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys. It was such an honor, Marty, that you asked me and I was really oh. excited too, and um, to be on today and just um, really hope that people are watching and believing that they too can really reach their running goals, no matter where they are right now, or even how good they are right now, they can even get better, you know? I certainly appreciate all the excitement that you bring. Um, you can just hear it in your voice, the enthusiasm that you have. And I think, I think those that are able to watch will, um, that will, that alone will inspire them to, to kind of follow in your footsteps. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pivotal Running Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, PivotalRunning.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply would tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Thanks.